We, the jury, find the defendants not guilty of This jury told the world that what we all saw with our own eyes wasn't a crime. This is a brutalization of truth. That's the tragedy of America. We thought that that videotape was going to make a difference 25 years ago. A state of emergency has been declared in Los Angeles County. Riot, uprising, rebellion. By any name, what happened in Los Angeles 25 years ago scared and scarred the city. First, the acquittals of the LAPD officers in the beating of Rodney King, an incident captured on a video that defined going viral years before the phrase was born. Then, within hours, the reactions to them. All told, 63 people dead, more than a thousand buildings destroyed or damaged, and the city profoundly shaken. The anniversary has grown a crop of documentaries and feature films, among them John Ridley's Let It Fall and Sasha Jenkins' passionate Showtime documentary Burn, Bleep, Burn. The filmmaker John Singleton is executive producer of A&E's documentary L.A. Burning, The Riots, 25 Years Later, which airs Saturday and Monday. Singleton also appears in the film and brings to it the sensibility of a filmmaker, a South L.A. native, and a man who was there as it happened. You think we're going to just continue to, like, turn our cheeks? It's just like a bomb. It's a bomb. We're sitting on fire. Do you remember what you were doing, where you were, when you saw the Rodney King beating video for the first time? I think I was somewhere working on my first movie, Boys in the Hood, because uh, it was in March 1991, and um, I, I saw it on television. You know, I remember being uh, hurt and outraged, but at the same time excited because, I, you know, I had heard about this happening with, in various places of Los Angeles with black men and, and the LA police department. I was, okay, they finally caught them on camera. They finally got them on camera. And then a little more than a year later, the verdicts came down, the acquittal of the officers. You were on the road near Simi Valley? Yes, I was on my way to, to, uh, to the location of my second feature film, uh, Poetic Justice, which was shooting in Simi Valley. And um, I made a detour and went to the courthouse we might have known that there would be a lot of documentaries, a lot of coverage of the 25th anniversary. Um, so why undertake it? What What is it you think that you could bring to this experience of the city, the people in it, that would be different from what other people were doing? Well, I think I came from a very um, embedded point of view uh, as a resident of South Central Los Angeles and someone who has grown up in the, in, in the environment in which uh, this incident happened. And so, um, you know, and I thought that I would give a different perspective coming, you know, uh, from that, you know, than, than some people who, you know, even though they may have had some empathy for what happened, that they weren't from the environment. And you appear in it bringing your perspective to this. Why was that important? Uh, well, because, uh, you know, these are things that have been on my my heart and mind for, for many, many years, and um, I thought it was time to just really express them. Out of so much that happened at that time, the documentary focuses most of its attention on the people who were part of the events at Florence and Normandy, where people who happened into the intersection who weren't black were chased and assaulted, even nearly killed. Well, we just really wanted to find the 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 key emotional characters who whose point of view had not been told from their perspective regardless of what anybody would think about them uh, as people we wanted to show what 
what they felt, what was on their heart. And then let, let the audience decide from there. Was it hard to get some of these people to talk? Maybe because it was emotional, maybe because they had never trusted anyone with their viewpoints before. No, I think it, was, uh, it wasn't that hard because they, 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 they respect me and they know that we were coming from a, a, a place of uh, empathy with what their struggle what has been over these past 25 years. We didn't attempt to objectify them, which a lot of people do because they're not from the environment, you know? And so people are not necessarily totally forthcoming with their stories if they don't feel comfortable. The documentary brought out the differences of opinion. Virtually everyone thought the King beating was terrible, the acquittals were unjust. But in the doc, you have a lot of older black people, Pastor Chip Murray and others, who said, but we also deplore this violent reaction. Exactly, exactly. You have to give the, the, the various points of view, and then you have the audience come up with their specific point of view, which can change from person to person, with whoever, wherever they're from and you know, however they're raised and, and what's on their heart and what's on their mind. Maybe they remember 1965. Maybe they remember the Watts riots and thought, we don't want that kind of devastation again at this price to our community. I'm sure they remember you know, I'm sure they were over 65. Oh, look at that. Terrible. And there's no police presence down here. They will not enter the area. That's right. This is attempted murder. In the documentary, you describe the police beating of Rodney King and the beating of truck driver Reginald Denny by people at Florence and Normandy as yin and yang. Well, Rodney King, you know, was a citizen um, who was beaten and almost murdered by officials of the state of California, you know, in the city of Los Angeles. But Reginald Denny was beaten and almost murdered by the citizens of South Central Los Angeles. So, you know, you have a yin and yang right there. Let's let's take let's take the conception of wrong and right out of the picture. We have a yin and yang. We have two human beings who suffered because of the whole causality of this event. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and it was very, very important for us to show that and juxtapose that. A lot of the documentary, too, is about the, the unpreparedness of the LAPD uh, in the face mm-hmm. of what was going on, that things got yeah. out of hand because the people who should have been on the job were not. And we'd always felt uh, that... Daryl Gates wanted something significant could happen because he was he had his own political aspirations at the time uh, for mayor or or some type of a, a higher state government, and so um, he was counting on the anarchy of the of the situation to to expose itself so he could come in as a cowboy and a savior and and be a hero and it would help him push himself up into some higher electoral office. Seems like it backfired. It backfired on him. Yeah, it ended his career actually. Because he was too smug about it. He wasn't. He had. He had no. He had no savoir faire. He had no, You know. He was smug about it. None of the city leaders or any anybody in um, private life in Los Angeles who could help him would come to his assistance. People, um, I just, I just want to say, you know, can we, can we all get along? Can we stop making it, making it horrible for, for the, for the older people and, and the, and the, and the kids? 
it's just not right because those people will never go home to to their families again. You said in the documentary that what Rodney King had to say as the riots went on was the right thing to say, but you also said, and bleep him for saying it. Yeah, I said, him. <laughs> I said that. But in, 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 in actuality, it was the right thing for him to do. He had that conundrum. It, it's almost as if he's an abused person. Is a, he probably you know felt this was all happening because of him. The destruction of the city and the morale of the people and everything was happening because of an event that he was intimately involved in. None of us can say how that will wear on a person's psyche, on their mind and their soul, you know? I mean, that's, that's all that he could get out of an utterance. So, in, you know, in retrospect, I respect him saying what he said. But my initial reaction at the time was like, no, f- that. You know what I mean? That's not how we feel right now. It took three days of rioting. Wednesday into Thursday into Friday. And Friday is when there were more people cleaning than there were fighting. Where's the Wikipedia Rodney King in, in your mind in, in Los Angeles history? He is an interesting, pivotal figure between what, what came before and what came after. He's a face of black men, men being marginalized by the system. How do you see mm-hmm. Los Angeles and the police department and the relationships with people and the LAPD having changed since 92? I think, uh, at least in South Central Los Angeles, an emphasis on being more community-based. Uh, you don't have a, a bunch of uh, white male police officers with porn stashes who live in other communities patrolling on South Central Los Angeles. You have much more um, Hispanic and black police um, doing their jobs and interfacing with the community. So um, there are a lot of things that, that were initiated that have helped a lot. That's what's to come. If we don't change the way we interact with the police and they interact with us, y'all might as well just welcome the next riot. Is there still a suspicion and a fear that all this could shatter to pieces again at a moment's notice? At any one time, yeah, at any one time. Because of, because of what's happening, uh, not only other cities, but still the, the, the tension, there's still tension there, you know. Not just because of other cities, it is what it is in terms of the way that uh, officials of the city and state act towards the citizens. What do you hope people will come away from the documentary thinking or understanding, especially people who don't live in L.A.? I hope they gain a new perspective on people who did not have a voice, who haven't been heard, people who have a voice. I don't think it was, whether or not they agree with it or not, I hope they respect the fact that these people have an opinion to speak out and, and what's on their, uh, to what's on their heart. John Singleton, thank you very much. Thank you. Pat Morrison Asks is produced for the Los Angeles Times by Pat Morrison. It's engineered by Tim French and Todd G. Levin and edited by Levin. The audio, including the voice of actor and activist Edward James Olmos, is from the A&E documentary, L.A. Burning. I am Pat Morrison. Pat Morrison.